time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Bauckham, and this is the Thrivology Podcast, the podcast that I designed to help you thrive in life. No matter what is happening, and so much is happening around us, and this week, I want to talk because of a conversation I had with a client of mine, a coaching client. Uh, I want to talk about a topic that I've written about and you've probably heard me talk about before. It's about forgiveness and the importance of that. This client was telling me that she just didn't want to forgive some people in her life because if she did that, she would be vulnerable to being hurt. And, and what was there to protect her other than holding on to basically her hurts and pains from the past? You might say the grudge from what had happened. And she said, if I follow your advice and forgive, where will I be? I'll be vulnerable to be hurt. Well, this isn't the only client that's told me that. In fact, I've heard it repeatedly over the years when I've made that suggestion to people. And here is the heart of the matter. We all struggle with forgiveness. It's not automatic. In some ways, it feels like it's playing against our, our nature, right? We've got to remember those who have hurt us so they won't hurt us again. And I just raise the question, <laughs> does that work? I mean, do you really find that that is useful? So this person says to me, if I forgive, I'll be vulnerable. What am I going to do? Now, when we get to the end of this podcast, I'm going to tell you a very important life skill that changes that equation completely. And I think the fact is that she kind of had it wrong in her mind about how all of this operates anyway. So let me just say from the very beginning, forgiving does not open you to hurt. Life does that. It has nothing to do with forgiving. So let me first tell you what I mean by forgiving. It's not about this grand moment when the person is released from their bondage for something that they did, you know, where you, you kind of let them free. It's where you let yourself free. And the reason I wrote the book, the book is, is titled The Forgive Process. And the reason I wrote it is because for years, I walked through the process of forgiving with client after client and with myself of working through the pains from the past, the hurts that people had brought to us and figuring out a way to move forward, leaving the pain behind. And let me just say, not forgetting about what had happened. That's not possible. If you've ever heard that little saying, you know, forgive and forget. If you can forget it, honestly, you probably never even had to forgive. That's not a realistic view of those big things, but it may be about remembering it differently. It may be about understanding it differently. And so I created the book as a step-by-step -step process. It's six steps to move from where you're stuck and unforgiving to the point when you have had a chance to forgive and move forward. Not whether the other person or whoever it is that you're not wanting to forgive, whether they've moved forward, that's not the point. It's about you. You see, what happens is when we don't forgive, it just locks you into the pain. 
So I want you to kind of, uh, in your mind, picture something I talk about in the book. Let's say that you're walking on a trail. You're headed up a mountain. And as you're walking along, suddenly, out of nowhere, a rock hits you and hurts you. It's a sharp rock. And it came from somewhere above you. And you see that rock and you pick it up. And you think, you know what? I've got to remember this. I am not going to forget this because I might have another rock hit me and I need to be prepared. So I'm going to hold on to this rock to remember this. And so you grip that rock as tight as you can in your hand and you continue up the trail. Now I want you to notice something just for a moment as you're gripping tightly on that rock. It's digging into your hand, right? It's causing more pain in your hand than even that initial hit. The initial hit was one thing. Now you're adding to it. You're complicating that piece of the pain with more pain. Now, if we just pull back a little bit further, we might notice that the person who dislodged the rock, whether they meant to or not, has continued on their way. (laughs) They are no longer tied to that you're still tied to it. It's still in your hands, still digging into your flesh while they continue on. So the fact is that not forgiving is locking you into the pain as you're holding on to that reminder. So now let's take on another piece of this little puzzle when I hear people talk about it. They say, if I forgive, I'll be letting that person off the hook. So, I want you to think of that. I've heard that phrase so many times. I'm letting them off the hook. Let's think about that just for a minute. First of all, that other person may not even see themselves as being on the hook. You see, that person understands what happened differently. We all do. We have this place where we understand what we did differently than what is done to us. The attribution error is one of the ways that our mind does this. The attribution error says this. If I do something wrong, I made a mistake. But if you do something wrong, there's a character flaw with you. There's something wrong with you. There's a a problem with you. Now, we all do this all the time. I see it in marriages all the time where both people do the same thing, but one of them is doing it maliciously while the other just made a mistake in the communication, right? Or they were pushed to respond that way while the other person chose to be that way. That's the attribution error. Well, it happens in these incidents in life. So I do something and it hurts you. And so you choose not to forgive me. Well, I've already in my mind justified why I did it makes sense to me that's not about me needing the blame because, you know, it was for another reason, maybe even because of you. And so while you think you're keeping me on the hook, I don't see the hook. I've moved on. And so many times when people say, well, I don't want to let them off the hook, for the person who did that, there is no hook. They're continuing on their way. There was no hook. The second thing I want to notice is that when you think you have them on a hook, having someone on the hook means that you're holding the line. I mean, it's that image of, you know, somebody who's fishing and they've hooked the fish. They've got them on the hook. And as long as you're fighting the fish, as long as you're trying to pull that fish in, you're as much tied to that fish as that that fish is tied to you. 
if you've ever seen the the scenes where somebody has hooked into a fish that they can barely manage they've got to hold on to the rod for all of their might and all they really have to do if it's a problem if it's a danger is to let go of the rod and so part of what we see is that we think we have the person on the hook, and in reality, we were tied into them just as well. In fact, maybe more so because now you're fighting the imaginary fish because they've gone on their way. The other problem with the off-the-hook theory is that it removes all the context. It starts boiling things down to the one event, the place where you were hurt by that person, that moment of hurt, not the context around it. Maybe not even your role, and sometimes we don't have a role, sometimes we are completely the victim, but many times there's a context to this. And to remove the context means that we get caught in the blame trap. Now, even when it is truly you being the victim, being in the blame trap doesn't help you very much. It continues to fuel the, the feeling of that. There is a difference between being the victim of an event and claiming the status of victim. One is the moment in time and the other is an identity piece that many people begin to establish for themselves. I've been done wrong, right? It's kind of like one of those uh, country music <laughs> songs that just, the done wrong, somebody's done me wrong, right? And sometimes when we refuse to forgive, when we think we have the person on the hook, we've tied ourselves to it, but we've removed the context of it. We fall into the blame trap. So here's the problem. You, me, and everyone see ourselves as being the hero of our story. And, and I'm not talking about you know the superhero. This is not the Marvel uh, comic strip, but the hero, not the superhero, the hero, the main character in your plot line. There's no way you can see it otherwise because you are you walking through the day creating the context around you, the understanding you have around you. You're having the thoughts about what's going on in your life. And so we all have this hero plot line running through our head. And so as we walk through the day, things happen to us. And many times in the things happening to us, we attribute that to somebody did that to us. I have a core belief that in reality, people do the best they can given where they are. That doesn't mean that we're all acting optimally all the time, but given where we are in that moment, we're doing the best we can. Sometimes you've had a bad day and things are kind of weighing you down and you respond in a way that's not so positive. That doesn't mean you weren't doing the best you could given all that was going on. It does mean you weren't at your optimal, but that's true most of the time for all of us, that we're not at our optimal. It also means that we can always do better. Just at that moment, we didn't do better. And so I have that as a core belief. People do the best they can given where they are. The second piece of that is I believe that people do things primarily for themselves, primarily for themselves, not to somebody else. So maybe I get upset about something and I'm tired of hearing about something and maybe I say something harsh to somebody. I'm doing it to remove myself, to create distance 
for myself. Rarely do I see people actually actively deciding to hurt somebody else just for the sole reason of hurting somebody else. Rarely. So those two pieces together tell me that this hero plot line where things are happening to me creates a storyline that's not necessarily true. And here's the problem. When we don't forgive, we get stuck in the plot line. We're stuck in the plot line of the event of life doing to us, of people doing to us, not us moving through life and things happening around us that maybe affect us but aren't done specifically to us. So we can't fully move forward when we keep getting trapped in the past. It's like we keep adding pieces behind us, anchors to the ground behind us as we're trying to pull forward. Imagine you're pulling along and, and something happens and you can't move forward because you toss it into the ground behind you. you. You anchor behind you and then you find another one and you anchor again and again. And so all of these small things and even the big things add smaller and bigger anchors that we're dragging through the ground, that we're moving forward through the ground. And so with all of that, we find ourselves stuck. So how do we get into the forgive habit, given all that? Because my guess is you don't want to be stuck. My guess is if you've made it through this far into the podcast that you want to figure out some ways to move forward. So the first thing to do to get into the forgive habit is to commit to the shift. Commit to getting out of the stuck place. That you actually do want to shift from the place where you're resistant to forgiving to the place where you're forgiving. That's a big shift. So commit first to making that shift. The second thing is to practice. Because when we have practiced not forgiving, we get really good at not forgiving. That becomes our practiced state. We're really good at that, of, of holding on to things. And so our first step is to practice the habits of forgiving, practice the process of forgiving. If you're not sure how to do that, you may want a process. I would recommend trying out the forgive process. You can find it at theforgiveprocess.com. That's theforgiveprocess.com. Or wherever you like to buy your books. Uh, It's a six-step process to walk you through. And so we have to practice that. Because every time we do it, we get better and better at it. It's like building the muscle up. As you ever you do something, you know, one or two times, it can feel awkward. And the thing about forgiving is you're trying to make it so it's natural. If you've ever tried to change any habit in your life, you know what I'm talking about, right? It can feel very awkward. You're going through the process. You don't know what to do. It feels very awkward. But then it begins to get easier and faster, and you get more efficient at it. So we work to build in the habit of forgiving. That's practice. The third thing of getting into the forgive habit is to work on your personal boundaries. Boundaries are what you won't let somebody do to you. It's your nose of life. And then what do you do when somebody pushes against that anyway? Those are your personal boundaries. I've got a link in the show notes to uh, other podcasts I've done about boundaries so you can understand that more fully. But here's the thing. If you are working on your personal boundaries, you already feel safer. You create your safe environment rather than worrying about the forgiving 
or holding on and not forgiving as your, your, your way of protecting yourself, you've got your clear ways of how you want to be treated. You work on your boundaries rather than holding on to your resentments. You work on your boundaries rather than holding on to the past hurts as a way of protecting yourself. When you do that, you begin to free up the space so you can live more freely and thrive in your life. So check out the book at theforgiveprocess.com, theforgiveprocess.com. Also work on those boundaries and build your forgive habit. This is Lee Balkin wishing you the best as you build your thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.